Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema. This, uh, the podcast that, like most of the rest of the UK, has is coming back from a week off thanks to uh, Her Majesty the Queen, Queen Elizabeth II. And as we say that, if you follow us on like um, on Facebook or you follow us or you follow us on our YouTube channel, you will notice that one of us, Sean, always shows up in the with pictures because we record this over Zoom. He shows up in the, with pictures in this background of things and they're all themed and everything like that and this time he's decided to in the honor of the jubilee to make them um jubilee themed or elizabeth themed or royalty themed so every now and then we i might cut it out of this edit um i might cut it out of this edit he we will we might break off and discuss what we can see in sean's background and try and guess what the film is and who the actors are but i have done this in totally the wrong order because you still don't know who i am my name is tosin i am the host of this podcast i am based in the midlands and joining me as always, on the Isle of Wight is Sharon Bolland. Hello. Joining me from an indeterminate location because he facilitates between two places is Sean, <laughs> is Sean Harris. Hello there. Where are you today, Sean? I am actually on the Isle of Wight today. So Sean, is, on the actually, Sean yeah. is actually on the Isle of Wight. And joining us from the big smoke that is London is our London correspondent, Holly Nestling. How are you, Holly? Hi. Very well, thank you. All right, cool. So what we do on this show is that we go to the cinema, uh, well, every week. We see a couple of things. We go stay at home, we see a couple of things. We rate them out of five, and we use this as our excuse to, A, watch loads of films, but also to try and, like, answer that question of where is our money better spent? Is it spent in the cinema, or is it spent staying at home with the whole streaming revolution with thousands and thousands of hours of things that you will never get to watch the entirety of? So... <laughs> with that in mind we are going to kick off this week and uh we're, we're going to go but uh, there's something that i just realized this week guys i'm not sure if you have the same problem but when we when i was coming up with what films i was going to bring or what film i was going to bring t- forward from the streaming side of things i started realizing that i've ended up in this whole thing where there's so much stuff to watch that i'm in the middle of about four or five different shows yeah, 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 that i'm yeah. concurrently watching <laughs> And, and I'm like, I'm not sure when I'm going to get to the end of that. And I'm finding it increasingly hard to sort of finish watching one thing and then pick up another thing to watch. Especially because now they started releasing some things on a weekly basis. So yeah, sometimes you're never even sure whether you're in the middle of it, at the end of it, or whatever it is. Have you guys had that problem? Yes. Yes, definitely. I've got like, um, yeah, two, two of the top series on the go, which, I mean, it's quite funny because with some of these, some of these shows, they release the whole lot, don't they? But the yes. ones that are the ones that are big, it's like uh, every Friday or or you know whenever they release them. So yes, you can imagine the ones I'm talking about. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I sometimes drop away from those now, which is possibly a damning indictment of attention span and the you know failures yeah. of modern society or something. But I definitely, if I'm waiting every week, I may get bored and forget. If I ever wait, if you make me wait, I might just leave you. So <laughs> I'll just do something else. Well, I, I think I think there's that, but I think there's also just a lot of stuff. There's, for instance, The Witcher season two. I still have not watched The Witcher season two. What? Yeah, I still have not watched it. And I, oh. and the thing is, I was having this conversation because Stranger Things, Stranger Things is now coming. It's coming to a close, and that's the biggest probably is the biggest thing on Netflix. I would say Stranger Things is the biggest thing on Netflix. And I've watched the season one of Stranger Things. Thought it was really really good, and I haven't watched any other season of Stranger Things. <laughs> I, I haven't I watched ju- any, any of them. <laughs> yes. well, well, this, it, but I the, can't remember anything about it and didn't finish it and should probably well, go back the, and do so now. And now that it's, you know, as I did with Derry Girls, you know, oh, run late and then watch everything. I, I I've, think, not, I've not seen Stranger Things. It's like very 80s themed, is it? So my belief, oh, Sean, I actually I think you'd like Stranger Things. Do you think so? I was like, I didn't know. I sort of saw oh. it and I was like, wow, well, I don't know. I think you'd like Stranger Things. I mean, if you're a fan of uh, essentially the 80s, think about the 80s, like, you know, Steven Spielberg 80s, like E.T., Amblin, um, John Carpenter 80s stuff, like, you know, horror movies in the 80s. This Stranger Things is pretty much an homage to all of that. And Sean, as you're going through, I'm sure that you're going to be watching it going, oh my God, that's from blah, 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 blah. And oh my God, that's from blah, 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 blah. And this stuff that goes away well over my head. Um, The only thing is that... (laughs) 
I would recommend it. Um, sorry, Toast. I was recommended another thing, which was, I think is it called not maybe not Society or something like that. Someone said there's a it was a series that might be nineties, a bit more up to date, but it was all or even two thousands. But that was there was a lot of film references in that, but I can't remember the name of it. I was recommend, no, there's so much stuff to watch. It's, there is uh, there is there is a lot know. of stuff to watch, and and we through our ramblings today might actually help you. We might assist you in wading through some of the stuff <laughs> like, or not like, or, or not or no we might not assist you whatsoever you might just sort of like you know get, totally get turned off by us but anyway i am going let's kick off this week and this week we're going to start off in cinema as is our want and we are going to give ourselves uh let's see if if more than one of us has seen the thing i think we'll give ourselves a little bit more time so we'll give ourselves okay. and we're going to kick off with men which is the which i think it is for better or worse <laughs> it is the big cinema release this week men is the yeah. one that is probably got the most talking points about it so sean and i have seen this so i'm going to give a little bit of a pressy about this and try and talk about it and then sean will i will wind sean up and let sean go while he, <laughs> and when he will tell us what and if you because i think um sharon and holly you might have seen um sh me saying something about this on um on facebook and Spoiler alert, all I said on Facebook was weird-ass film. So, <laughs> but this film, so this film stars Jesse Buckley, Sharon. So what was that, Sharon? I have seen the trailer, so yeah, I know the weirdness. Yeah, yeah, I think this I is a film, this is, this is a film that right from the, right from the trailer, you watch the trailer and you think this is going to be a weird-ass film. <laughs> and, and it's, um, and it, it delivers, it delivers on that. Uh, but the thing is, Alexander Payne, who, who wrote and directed it? And no, no, no. Is it Alexander Payne or Alexander Garland? I'm getting those two confused. But anyway, he's he's. I'm gonna have to check that before the end of this thing. And the whole idea behind it is that you meet um, Jesse Buckley. She's a woman called Harper. And when you first meet her, she's driving down the M4, driving down the M4, going towards. Um, there's a point where you see a sign saying Gloucester, and she goes to this big country house, which it turns out that she has hired for the next for the next two weeks, and she's going to be staying in this country house for the next two weeks. Um, why she's going to be staying there, you don't know, but that as, as it transpires, you find out that um, she's 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 had like a trauma in London. Essentially, she was married to a guy who was played by Papa Esiedu, and he died. He died, and she's going away from she's going away from London for a while to be by herself to sort of like heal, recover, all that. And she meets the first person she meets is this guy called Jeffrey, who is played by Rory Kinnear, and he's like a sort of like you know a posh a posh country person who owns the house and he's the landlord and all that sort of stuff. And as the film goes on, she meets a whole bunch of different men as the in, in the film called title. And the big gimmick of this film that sort of catches all the attention is that all the men in the film, apart from her husband, are played by Rory Kinnear. So every single man that she plays, she meets has the same face. Every single man that she meets, sort of like, you know, she has all these interactions with all these different men as she's going through this whole thing. And it then becomes almost kind of like, there's elements of like a horror film where it's like, you know, why do all these men have the same face? Are they being haunted? Why is it that she doesn't seem to notice that all these men have the same face? Even at one point where she meets a boy, and this is a boy of school age that has the same face in one of the weirdest, freakiest pieces of CGI you will ever yeah, see. Pretty bizarre. <laughs> It, yeah, it, you, uh, it is. It is so freaky each time that kid shows up, and and that's the basic premise. That's the basic premise. And the someone asked me when I said this was a weird ass film. Someone asked me, "Oh, would I recommend?" They made a horrible pun. Said, "Would I recommend it?" And after I'd groaned, I said, "Like this is the kind of film that if you like the kind of." If you like the kind of film where you're guaranteed to have like a 3 a.m. university style conversation about this film, where there's one person in your group of friends who is convinced that all of you are just a bit too dumb to understand what exactly is going on in this film, <laughs> you can actually, this is the film for you because this is the, that's the kind of film that will do that. So having put that as the, as the premise of it, as the premise of her meeting all this men and all that, um, I, okay, I think one other thing I should say is all of her interactions with these men end up being unpleasant so mm -hmm. all interaction with this men they end up being unpleasant in different ways whether it's being physically threatened or whether it's being i guess blamed for the death of her husband or whether it's just being called a nasty name all of her interactions end up being unpleasant with it and i think that will kind of tell you what this film is getting at but sean what did you think okay well I, to me this was a film of two halves um i i, I liked that the first half there was a lot of atmosphere it reminded me of some of those 70s like peter yep, walker yep. movies 
um, like uh, which was which was pretty good, and maybe a little bit of the innocence, you know, the the, the film from the Devil Kerr film '63. Yep, yep. This could be quite good, and it starts off really quite atmospheric. And the first first guy she meet, it's in the trailer, so it doesn't matter. It's like the I forget what mystery is, but he's the chap who's basically renting the house out that owns yeah, the house. Yeah, Jeffrey. Like, yeah, like a, and yeah, Jeffrey. That's him, Jeffrey. And I actually know someone who's very, very similar to that. That <laughs> that was. I must say that that was quite a country type person. That was that was quite convincing. And I was like, oh, you know, with a ho ho, um, friendly alcoholic, you know, rosy cheeks and that, you know, yeah. <laughs> and. So yeah, so so I thought that was really good, and it started to intrigue me. I thought, well, this 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 could go somewhere. This could go somewhere, and then there's some weird echoey stuff, with, you know, which was like, well, where, where's this going? And oh, the bit the bit with the tunnel. Yeah, yeah, in the tunnel, and there's a hell of a lot of imagery in this film. Yeah, you know that, and it gradually gets as things go on, it gradually gets a li- little bit weirder. And the priest actually reminded me of um, oh, what's what's that TV program where they're all like. Uh, I don't know. It's like a village or something. They're in a. In a I can't oh, Balikis Angel. No, 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 no. Not so much that. It's more. It's. it's they're all a bit weird. That sort of thing. Pardon? League of Gentlemen. That's. League of, thing. of Gentlemen here. Yeah, it's oh. like the League of, like oh, the League of Gentlemen, right? Especially, especially the priest. It's sort of. It goes a bit, bit bizarre there, and I did find him a bit. Thin. And like you say, the weirdest schoolboy ever. That's just like. Oh my totally god! That. Oh my. Why? Um. <laughs> so yeah. So so it really, I thought, oh yeah, this is quite good. This is going somewhere. This this could be interesting. It's visually, it's quite quite nice. And then I thought it started to get a bit. Um, I don't know. It just it just just started to sort of gradually, I don't know whether it seemed longer, perhaps it was a long film, perhaps I was getting, oh, I need something to happen, something to happen. And it, it just got really, really strange. So so for me, this was like a, a film of two halves. And it is, I mean, the last, the last, the very final part of the film is totally, totally bonkers. And I'm generally quite good at figuring out weird stuff. But it, 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 that, it, even that was like... The, the last the last 15 part, minutes of the film, yeah, yeah, the last 15 minutes you're like, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> What's going on? I mean, I like I like the um like the the symbolism of you know with with the the one that's on the fount. What's on the fount of the in the church? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The like, church. There's yeah. two images, isn't there? And and one of the guys and actually looks like the creature. I think it's called the Green Man or something. A bit Wicker Manish. I yeah. thought that was that was quite that was quite effective. But yeah, that was. Like, the, the, there's a little I'm bit of. Yeah, there's a little bit of folk horror about it, and there's a little bit of like you know, city person goes into the countryside, and then you know weird things happen because you're not used to the country and all that. There's a little bit of that in there, but so I mean, Sean, a lot of what you say, yeah, I I agree with. But the thing is, and the problem we have here is that we have a film called Men that I I think once it's called Men, I want you to know that the main character is a woman. I'm immediately thinking, okay, this is going to be a little bit of a so the symbolism and it's going to be a critique about like you know the place of women in the world today and what men do and all that sort of stuff but we have a, a podcast in which the two men have seen the film and the two women haven't <laughs> it would it would be intriguing to see what they think of it but it would, i mean it i don't would, know you might not get a chance but it would really intrigue me to to it, know, it, it know really their would. thoughts on it especially it, sharon because she's she's got that sort of really good cerebral mind that yeah. would probably say oh this was this and this it, was this it, so. is, it, it really it would be really good for to, to find out because i mean with uh, there have been quite a few films that have been released recently that start trying to tackle with this whole idea of what kind of world women have or what kind of microaggressions that they have to deal with or what kind of actual aggression that they have to deal with that in in the world and just because of the way the world is and all that so and Usually, uh, I have to approach these things by going, I'm a man, and I don't think I'm going to get some of this. But uh, uh, And if I think about another film that, Sean, you were just about to say that, a film that so sticks in your mind that you're still, still thinking about it, and it's kind of weird and a bit like, I think of Mother. And the yeah, film Mother, Mother. That's what I, was, I was just going to say yeah. that, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and I think of the film Mother, and that film, when it came out, it, everybody was like, what the hell is this? What is going on? And But I felt like in Mother, there was always something interesting happening on screen. That to go, mm-hmm. okay, hang on, and, and you give you this whole thing about symbolism. This is a slower film. And yeah, so yeah, there yeah. were bits of the film where I thought, like, look, there's just nothing happening. Why, why is this thing dragging on? And it felt to me, and I say this with a caveat of I'm a man, and the thing that they're talking about, I might not get, because it's kind of like... It's it's kind of unrelenting in the fact that I mean the fact that all the men have the same face that is kind yeah. of like tells you one thing that like you know that it's just like this power of manhood is just like this 
one thing to, and and you're not sure whether like you mentioned something else where you're not well, about the innocence because you're not sure whether this is happening in her head or whether it's actually happening yeah, and exactly. and there's things that they do later in the film to actually totally confuse that question as to whether it's happening in the head they deliberately confuse the question as to whether it's happening in the head or whether, what's actually happening but it's relentless it's relentless yeah. and i know that for some women that might be their their um that might be the experience that this whole sort of like threat of manhood is like is a relentless thing around them all the time however this film felt a bit to me like it was a student film that had one idea and stretched it to an hour and 40 minutes and that is and that was the bit i'm like okay cool we get the point yeah men are horrible women don't have it best in this world what is your next point yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and it and it doesn't seem to get away from that point that just seems to stay there and live there and give you all this symbolism that i don't really get even though rory kinnear is brilliant as every single character he plays i'll even just about forgive him for that freaky faced boy and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and he is brilliant as every character he plays in it jesse buckley is good but there's just for me the swathes of the film when nothing really happens yeah, and yeah, no, it really. goes a little bit too much to the pretentious side and to the oh look at this look how oh yeah we're taking the bad guy of this film is really the patriarchy and rory kinnear is his play he's the physical manifestation of the patriarchy and all that and you're like okay yeah but what's the point where's the next yeah. thing where are we going forward to and i and i think that's why because the only film i can compare this to in the last couple of years has been is mother mother was a bit like but i think mother kept moving i kept going on i kept giving you something new this just keep giving you the same unrelenting <laughs> unrelenting one note thing that oh quite frankly aren't men horrible and oh look at this symbolism of what a woman's like, what a woman's um experience is today be surrounded by all these men who might as well just be the same person because they just keep perpetrating the same sort of like trauma but uh, it and that's why i want to see because i feel like this is a film that if you're a woman you might be seeing something different or maybe not because i feel it just doesn't make its point that well and it becomes quite samey and then it just gets uh and i and i was looking at my i was the only person in the cinema i was doing stretches doing the film <laughs> i was i was doing stretches during the film i was going there i was like oh i wonder what time it is i actually looked up how long is this film an hour 40 minutes just so you know but so i would give it a three out of five yeah 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 I'm I, I very much concur with that. It could have been, I mean, as I say, I loved, I loved the first, it's a film with two halves for me. If we could have had the first half and, and had that as a film, then it would have would have got a lot higher. But when it went on and it dragged on and okay, I, I'm going to have to say, I'm going to agree with you totally on this one. So it was everything you said is I totally agree with. And uh, so, yeah, so get three for me in this one. Yeah, of course, because I, I've got my finger off the. And if you don't agree with me, I can just cut you off. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, but it's. It, I, I think if you guys get a chance to watch it, whenever you get a chance to watch it, it would be intriguing to see what you think. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I would love that. I'd, I'd so like you guys to see it, so oh. you could give us, give us your version of events. Probably won't happen until it makes it to Sky, but I. Will, I, I don't think it's going to be I that will, long. I will. No, I, know, I don't think it will be that long. <laughs> I don't yeah, think we'll be so, that long before it's a sky. <laughs> so maybe we can we can have a brief a brief return at some point yeah, when it makes the sky yeah. with, the, with the Sharon and Holly. Um, yeah, yeah, the Sharon and Holly thing. But honestly, the alternative, last ten, alternative gender approach. The last ten minutes is kind of like uh, yeah. I was just I was just kind of like I think I get your what was, point. What but, was the point of that? What was the point of that? Uh, it is, okay, now really... if, if we're going to go into spoilers, I think I can get the point. But that's this yeah. is the bit where I think it just it. It just feels so student level yeah, based yeah. thing of like so many students come with something and go, look how clever I am. But anyway, um, and um, fans of Alexander Payne or Alexander Garland, whichever one it was, who made, I've, got to, I've got to find this out. You can come for me and just, you can tell me how I'm wrong. And now we go over to TV and we go over to the Midgewood Cuckoos. Another, another mm -hmm. adaptation of a very, very famous, it's John Wyndham story, right? You see now this this is why i know i've hung around you sharon and sharon and sean for so long that i know that that i know that and i got that right likely so 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 uh, things so sharon and uh, holly you have both seen this so i'm going to give you guys 10 minutes go tell us about i'm this. going to i'm going to fess up as we start that i have not finished the last 20 minutes I have it primed and next to me and I didn't quite manage it before this. So I can't give you the def my definitive view on the last 20 minutes of a seven 
we I'll tell you what, we'll swap <laughs> you the last 20 minutes of the Metro Caucus for the last 10 minutes of men. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but okay, so Sharon, tell us what what's that's about, and then Holly, you can chime in. Okay, yeah, just the background it is based on a novel, a 1959 novel by John Wyndham, who was categorized at the time as writing cozy catastrophes. But I think as time has gone on, I think he was a master of his actual craft, and he would set these things in a world that people recognize so most of his novels are set in like an england of the 1950s that you could walk out your door and that is the england that you see so yeah. it's always time and so this is obviously a novel of its time but they've brought this adaption up to date so it's in modern day and the start of the premise is one day inexplicably um everyone in a village midwich are rendered unconscious and there is like this bubble around the, the village. And it lasts, this, but this sort of unconsciousness state lasts for 12 hours, I believe. But anyone who goes approaches it starts to feel unwell. Then as soon as they enter this sort of like invisible area, they are rendered unconscious themselves. And sort of planes flying overhead are like brought down because their pilots are just fall unconscious. So there's like a dome, an invisible dome over this village. And then within a very short space of time, it becomes apparent that every woman of childbearing age is pregnant from teenage girls right up to like pre-menopausal women. So there is every woman in the village has a baby and it transpires that they then, they then all go into labor at exactly the same time at exactly the same moment. And each of their children is born sort of simultaneously so this one event is clearly is clearly linked and these children are then born and they're raised in these religions are left in there with their mothers and they because this is a modern drama they do dna tests and they see if they can analyze them and they find that each of the children has the dna of their mother but they have no parental dna they have or they've got no mitochondrial or it's all no no paternal mother. dna no paternal DNA at all. It's all just their mother's DNA. And it, it becomes obvious that these mothers are basically a host rather than the, the origin of these children. And as they grow older, they start to exhibit um, certain characteristics that would suggest that their origin is not human. So they, they find out, it's not a spoiler, that they have a hive mind that one information that you tell one child or something that one child learns, they then all learn more or less simultaneously. And as they then grow older, this sort of strangeness about them takes a slightly sinister turn. And that's all I'm going to say about the plot. <laughs> all right. Okay, so so Holly, what, what, what did you think from that point on? Well, I'm going to add my first addition is that he, all, John Wyndham also wrote, unless I am wrong, Day of the Triffids, yes. uh, which may be one that's also familiar to others. Um, obviously, this is not the first adaptation of it. I know Sharon will, I'm sure, be able to pinpoint when the first one was done, because I certainly can't, which was a village of the damned. Yes. And uh, and there, the similarities between the children was achieved with identical blonde hair and green hair. eyes. Um, whereas this, they went for they managed to achieve some interesting similarities between the children through remarkably similar fringes. Um, I appreciate that sounds like a slightly bizarre statement, made, but I found it quite disconcerting as a sort of point of reference. These are not necessarily very good fringes, and they all have the same not very good fringe. But it was a really good way of, because they were slightly bizarre, it gave you this strong feeling that the children were slightly bizarre with these very slightly odd haircuts. I say, I know it sounds like a really, really weird point to focus on, but it was the otherness that came across with the hair, um, which was that, and, and simil similarly, slightly, almost blank expressions, would that be the right? They're all the same height, and they're all the same sort of build. So apart from mm. the hair, that's the only thing that distinguishes them and their ethnicities. And um, yet the hair is still quite that's... similar. 
That, that... So there's, and the, the expressions are similar. There's very little, there's very little emotion displayed, but, but you, except through the eyes. Just a quick thing, just a quick thing. Sharon, you mentioned about the ethnicities, because that was going to be a question I was going to have, because when they did Village of the Damned, there was something very Aryan nation mm. about the, about all the kids. And I wondered whether they'd, so, because I know this is set in modern day, so they've updated it, so it's not set in the 50s, like most of the other adaptations have been. Um, so they actually do have kids of different ethnicities in this in this village. Yes, because of the, because that's where they the whole DNA from their mothers comes from that they take on the ethnicity of their mothers. Okay. Whereas the original one is clear that they are aliens um, because they all have like this almost like albinos. They've got this very white hair. Yeah. They've got strange pale eyes yeah. and very sort of pale skin. Whereas I think they want to introduce a little bit more diversity into it. Maybe physically or maybe was, just was, was it in your face? Was it was it really noticeable or if you know the, the story, it's they the, the, the I think they picked up on the fact that these children are all eerily similar. Similar, yeah. I think they managed oh. to establish that without them looking all the same. Oh brilliant. Oh that's good then. That's a good, it didn't good thing. really matter the fact that they all had a different ethnic origin mm. because the way they the children behaved it looked like you could tell that they were kin. Yeah, absolutely connected to each other. What they also did to that highlighted the fact that it was they were the children of the mothers, not the fathers, uh, was that they were all the same ethnicity as the mothers, whereas uh. the whereas the families were to varying degrees more complicated than that. Without again adding you know without giving anything away there were some things that were you know a little more complex well i, I you know now, now you've said this all i wanted to do is watch this show and see a black kid with a fringe but <laughs> yeah the black kids well I, I'm, I'm going to first and say it was only the black girls who had fringes i'm afraid the boy did not a fantastic cast as by the by it's Keely Hawes, who is one of the, the key characters who plays, um, who is one, one of the obviously adults. I don't know if we can say the, oh no, I'm going to say the relationship is the grandmother of okay. one of, of the somebody, children, yeah. of somebody. Um, and she is obviously superb because she's always superb. That's not right. Well, absolutely, and there there were a number of other people who were excellent, but I was the the one who who just jumped out at me because I recognised her so clearly, and I'm having to check her names. Is um Ashley Loftus who was in Discovery of Witches, and is sort of indelibly etched into my mind because of that. Who I thought was superb. I thought it was a really very very strong cast and quite a and a compelling watch. It's, I mean, I've pretty much binged it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, sort of did, I, did, I did in sort of two at a time over the last week. Sort of watched two, then have a rest, then watched two, have a rest, and then sort of watched two, then did the final. <laughs> so, so, so it moves along then. It, it keeps you interested. Yeah. All right, yeah, so, I've so, done so, sort of the same. Okay, so, so final verdict and how many stars would you give it? I was quite. I liked it actually because I. I'm always a little. I'm not a purist. You may think I am when it comes to no, novel adaptions, but I'm. I'm happy that people can take the the novel as an inspiration, which I regard this as being. But I felt that it was true to the spirit of the novel, without being exactly the same. So in that regard, I liked it. I thought it was a good adaptation. I thought they did the the touch points that you get in the novel. I thought they found they were there. Um, the, uh, the otherness of the children I thought was superb the cast was really good so I actually really liked it I thought it's a really good adaption enjoyable seven parts so it's the, it's accessible you can get through it I don't know if they're going to do a second one I'm not sure it's one of those books that's a standalone book but then Handmaid's Tale was a standalone book and they've done like five seasons of that so it's possible that they've got mileage they can do more things with it so that being said I really enjoyed it I will give it a four. Oh, okay I'm going to mirror that. I really enjoyed it. Again, thought it stayed true to the spirit of the book. I haven't read the book in years, uh, but it had a really good feel. I agree on the adaptations if they maintain the spirits and word for word adaptations can be very variable anyway. Definitely liked it. I would also give it a four. Haven't got to the last, last second. I 
would I prefer things not dragging on into unnecessary sequels. I yeah, did I don't feel it always does things merit, but Yeah, I agree. I like there's, there's a lot of shows that I look at and go, that should be one season and thank you very much. So <laughs> All right. All right, so that is a four, a four for the Midwick Cuckoos. So just one more thing. It was Alex Garland, not Alexander Payne. Alex Garland who did Ex Machina and uh, Annihilation. Two um, films I really, really like. That's my Right. Right, and now we go back to cinemas, and we're back in the realm of the films that only this. These are the films that did not, could not warrant more than one person watching them. They only managed to dr to drag one of us into the cinema, and this is Bob's Burgers. I mean, I think we have two films. One of them is probably because of the subject matter, and the other one is probably because of availability. Mm. But Bob's Burgers, I saw this, and this is it's called Bob's Burgers the movie, and as you can guess from that, it is a film version of a TV show. So the same way, and it's an animated TV show in the style of, in, in the tradition, not the style of the Simpsons and like Family Guy and all that. But it's built around the Belcher family, and they run this so small burger joint in a seaside town, and. And the, the whole idea behind it is you have Bob, you have his wife, Linda, and their three kids, Tina, um, Tina, oh, what was the song called? I can't remember what the song's called. And their youngest kid, Louise, who is a young girl who always wears these bunny rabbit ears. And if you've seen the TV show, I think the TV show has its charms, but there are, but it's a kind of show that I've always found I can watch. I can't watch too much of it because I watch quite, I, I can watch maybe seven episodes and even if it's a weekly thing, watch seven episodes after a while, I just kind of go off it a bit. It's the humor is mainly based around wordplay and about the characters and all that. But sometimes I just find I'm like, I don't feel like this is going anywhere. Like, uh, like the characters don't seem to ever develop. I mean, as much as you can say that things do in an animated, animated thing, but also there's, there is a, there's there's a similar thing that it has to the UK office. Because I remember the UK office, and I remember watching the UK office and thinking I couldn't watch too many of episodes of those in a row because it got a bit depressing because these people's lives never really went anywhere. And the Belcher family, they're the kind of family who, if they ever had a storyline where they won the lottery and they got rich, that's the end of the show. Because a lot of the humor from the show comes from their struggle and it comes from the fact that they have this burger joint that's in this seaside town that's kind of like falling apart. They're, they're always struggling and a win for them might be that, hey, we managed to get enough money to buy ourselves a new doormat or something, something like that. So I think it's a very particular type of humor that I don't think everybody will get. And I don't and I like some episodes of it and I don't think um but i don't like it enough to watch every single episode when they say new seasons of bob's burgers i'm like man maybe <laughs> maybe when i'm struggling to sleep and there's nothing else on or something like that even though i can see that there's some charms in the show but i don't think that they're just for me and obviously in the film the great thing about the film is that the film carries those things over so the way they do with these like if you if you compare an episode of the simpsons on tv to the simpsons movie you can say that they've spent more more time and more money on the animation style and the drawings the drawings look sharper same thing here, drawings look sharper. This is pretty much a stealth musical because one of the things that Bob's Burgers does is that it has almost almost every episode, it has a song. And because all of the people, they have terrible voices, it's never well sung. But this is, a imagine a musical with filled with a whole bunch of people who can't sing. <laughs> and that is kind of, and if that, if that, if that idea uh, like entices you or intrigues you you might like Bob's the burgers the movie the storyline is that they have the burger joint and they have um as is always the case the 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 bank loan is coming they, they have to make a payment on the bank loan not even the whole thing they just have to make a payment on the bank loan they don't have the money to do it so they know that they have to sell a certain amount of burgers by the end of the week if not they're not going to go through but then there's a sinkhole that shows up in front of the house this is the kind of thing where bad things just keep happening to them. And there's a sinkhole that shows up in front of the house, which so obviously slows down their burger trade. There's a dead body that's found in the sinkhole, and then the whole film becomes about how do we find this whole thing out. And it does feel like an extended episode. I was um, one of three people in the cinema, so this was an upgrade on men. There were three of us in the cinema that watched this. And I was thinking, the only fans of this show are going to... So I actually spoke to the couple who went to watch it. I was like... Are you guys fan of the TV show? They were like, yeah, yeah, we, we like the TV show. I was like, what do you think about that? They are like, it was all right. I think it kind of like sagged a little bit in the bit because it has that problem. We're trying to turn a TV show into a film where it just feels like an overlong episode. And you feel, 
you usually would tell me all this storyline in 30 minutes, but now you're spending it, you're, you're making it 90 minutes. So it it's, uh, I thought if you're a fan of the TV show and if that's sort of sardonic humor, and if you're not put off by the fact that nothing really good ever seems to happen for this family, it's kind of, then maybe you like it. Um, um, but so I can see that people who love the show would like it. I can, it wasn't particularly my cup of tea. I don't think I'll be watching it again. If, uh, if um, so if I'd have gone in cold to watch it, would I have known what was going on? Could it have been a movie that I'd have understood or would it have been probably... Mm. You, I think, if you'd gone in cold, you can follow the story. It's not that right, hard. Okay. It's it, right. you. It, it's it's quite self-contained, but it does have some like you know really really good voice actors and voice like Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein does a voice in 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 it. He plays Mr. Fishoder, who is like the landlord, who is this kind of like so rich he doesn't. He's like so rich he doesn't understand what's going on with the little people kind of thing. But I would give it stop. I know I'm out of time. Quiet. So I would give it a three out of five. I'll give it a three out of five, and I would say. Oh, I, I mean, Sean, if you can catch an episode of the TV show on, on uh, at home, yeah. if you like that, then I think you'll like the film. Okay, but, okay, I'll do that. That's a good, good yeah, it's a good point. I, I think if, if you like an episode of Bob's Burgers, then I think you'll like the film. If you is don't it, get it, a, Is it anything like The Simpsons? Sorry, just one last thought. Is it anything like that? Not Could really. You compare it? No? Okay. I, would not, I wouldn't compare it to The Simpsons at all. I mean... Family it, Guy? No, it's, it's, oh, a right, totally okay. it's a totally different type of humor. This is a lot more deadpan than right. any of them and it's okay. definitely not as gross it's definitely nowhere near it's no it's not gross it's not gross oh, at all it's actually it's more of a family show quite frankly okay it's it's uh, everything always revolves around the family and comes back to family like the fast and furious movies but and, <laughs> okay, actually i've just put you off it sean haven't i but yeah. <laughs> don't worry actually there is a card okay i'm just going to shut up now and we're going to go over to, go over to netflix and sean we this is you we're going to talk about we're going to talk about love death and robots season love death three, and robots yes. which i haven't managed to watch yet but you being the professional you are have decided that you're going to watch love death and robots okay. season three so tell us about love death and robots season okay three. love death and robots well this is this is the third third season i mean the first season was really good i think we enjoyed most of it and yeah, we, we actually did. Did, did each episode i think we did one where we did each episode individually so this was a binge watch because you know some of them are like 12 minutes six minutes they're, they're, they're fairly short and they're easy watchable so if you watch all the episodes it's probably you know quite a long film a couple of hours would have been so no problem okay this series they sort of touch on some of the first series so i don't know if you oh. remember the first one in series one three robots I Remember think it was the one? second one. The, the second one. The, the first one was the one about the fighting, the fighting monster. Oh, right. yeah, but there's like three robots. There's like yeah, a yeah, yeah, square three robots, one and the little yeah. one with a baseball cap and that. But they, they, it's them again, and they're going to a different place this time. So, um, and there's also there, there's another episode that, that goes back with with one of the previous series. So, now this this series is is fairly short, medium length animation movies. Um, yeah. Very different different types of animation, rotoscoping, traditional animation, you know, manga style. Um, so, so you've got the whole whole different thing there. And um, so this was a hit and miss. I enjoyed some of the episodes. Uh, some of the some of the episodes well, didn't quite didn't quite hit it. There was a there's a really really short one about zombies which I absolutely loved. Um, so I think so. Yeah, but uh, I think I think it's that, that that's the nature of Love, Death, and the Robots, isn't it? It's like giving you this short, sharp um, bursts. Yeah, and, yeah. It's and it's called. Yeah, it's I, called I think it's I think called the, that that episode's called the Night of the Mini Dead. So it's quite okay. The Night <laughs> of the Mini Dead. So and it's it, should we say it starts off in a graveyard and sort of just like like you know <laughs> proceeds from there. So yeah. yeah. So so Night of the Mini Dead. A bit like the fridge one, you know, the fridge one from one of the earlier series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, there was a there was a couple that uh, I I wasn't quite so so keen on, um, and there were some that I really really liked. As I say, the zombie one, and there's also I've got the episodes up actually. So there's well, three robots. Yeah, I was going to say, though, because the thing with Love, Death and Robots, it, that it's almost his M.O., is that because it gives you a whole bunch of these different stories by different creators yeah. and all that, that you do you do end up with, essentially every season, you have, like, the highs, where you have an absolute, where you're, like, absolutely amazing. But then the next episode could be one where you're like, what? So <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
So yeah, the majority of them were pretty good. Uh, bad traveling. Uh, the, the first one was the three robots. Well, how, so, how many episodes are in season three? Uh, it's nine. Nine. So it's nine, okay. nine episodes. Yeah. So um, you've got uh, the, the first episode, three robots exit strategy. So that was that was the first one. That that harks back to the previous yeah, one the, before. Same three robots. You know, with the with the the cats in the first one, they got cats with the posable thumbs and all that. You know, so, so that's quite. <laughs> yeah, and 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 there is actually there is actually a great ending to a great ending to that three robots one. Which so, I'd like so to add, that's a terrifying, terrifying concept. What, My cats cat having it? no opposable thumbs makes life better. I think I think you would like this one. I think you would like this one. But <laughs> I'm gonna have to. Um, okay, just think so... of just think of the uh, Wahlberg Planet of the Apes ending and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so, so Sean, I'll tell you what, right? Because with this one, I think we we have a couple of anthology shows which we need to go through each episode and I give either. So, yeah. so we have we have the boys, Dio yeah. diabolical, yeah. Uh, the boys which has started up again with the season three, and we have a love, death, and robots season three. So I reckon that next week you and I get on. Be okay, I'll watch love and death right. and robots yeah. by next week, cool. and then next week we will we'll we'll get online maybe half an hour beforehand. And we will yes. give each one of these things a rating, and we'll come up with it with a final official rate, uh, final official Netflix and Cinema rating of Love, Death, and Robot season three, and oh. The Boys Diabolical yeah. season one. I would realize I, would, I, I may have to watch these. As well. <laughs> I may need to play catch up. You oh, may need to play catch up, but so do season three first, and then you can go back to the other season. So, and then we can wow. all. We, because it'd be interesting to hear. It's, it'd be lovely to see that. Sharon, I think even you, even though you, with your distaste of animation, might enjoy a few of these I think you'll find, you'll find something to do it. I mean, I know that the first season had some episodes that even I was watching and going, hang on a second, this is like some 14-year-old boy who's just hit puberty. He wrote this thing, and it's... And, and the, I found them really offensive, quite frankly. Oh, yeah, but okay. they, they evened that out in the second season. So I'm looking, I'm, you get to see what they come up with the third season. Yeah, so, Sean, I know that you usually do an amalgamated sort of like rating thing for anthology shows. What did this come up with? Uh, this come up with a four, come up with a, a 4.5 actually. So but we, this Ooh, will be a four in the whole so. That is not a bad showing for that. That's not a bad showing for nine episodes. If you can take no. the average of 4.5. All right, cool. And now we go back to Sean for another film. And this is the film that I think I would. I would like to briefly add that Max heard about cats with opposable thumbs. And, um, <laughs> so this is this is this is Holly's Holly's cat Max, and he's kind of like, wait a second, you mean we can have opposable thumbs? We yeah. would rule. We, we would. Yeah. We would make you all our slaves. But it's the face that doesn't really want to participate. <laughs> all right cool and so now we go into the film the outfit and this is a film that i've heard about and when i heard about it i've heard rave reviews about it but i wasn't even sure whether it was on streaming it was in cinemas nothing like that and sean you have managed somehow to track down a cinema that if i'm correct it is how it's not that close to where you live is it it's, yeah it's not too far it's not too far away it's okay. not too far away from bournemouth it's not this about it's about 30 40 minutes away from bournemouth all and right, it, is cool. a, it is a nice, um, it's probably not even that, it's probably, you could probably do it in, in yeah, about 30 minutes, I would say. All it's right, cool. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, you might have tracked down the cinema that I was still showing this film, but this is the film, The Outfit, which, yeah. um, uh, all I know is that it has Mark Rylance in it, and it is almost set in in one location, which is, he's a tailor, and it's about, it's set in this, in his he's shop. He's a cutter. He's, he's a cutter. cutter. Oh, he's yeah, not yeah, a he's, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. Sorry, he's very particular about that. Yeah, he's it's set in there and it just has like a whole bunch of like all these characters that come in yeah. and everything like that. And I hear rave reviews about it. But Sean, yeah. tell us tell us a bit more about it and what you thought. I, I will tell you about it. I'm just going to say a little bit about this cinema. It was an old fashioned one. It was obviously, I should imagine it, it, it's supported by Wareham is an old Saxon town. It's near Corfe Castle, it was in the Purbex. And I just happened to go to Corfe Castle when I came past. I thought, oh, pop into Wareham. I thought, well, oh, this is interesting. And then I saw when the outfit was on, which is what I'd heard about. I thought, hey, I'm going to go see it. So I parked yeah, up yeah. And, and went in to see it. Um, yeah. And so basically it's just so it's this outfit shop, it's in the time of gangsters, you've got these gangsters, it's in a bit of a rundown area. So all the all the suits, all the clothes he's making is for, you know, mobsters, gangsters. And yep. um, obviously there's a bit of rivalry there. He's got a young lady assistant who's got a thing, sort of one of the mobsters going, and he's not very happy about it. And so and then there's, there's a bit of an altercation between two mobsters. One of them gets killed, so they, they put him in like the, the, the desk thing, 
and then but the, the person who's killed is his father's like the top top uh you know mafia like the top boss so yep. and he comes, yep. they, they all they all come into the shop and he's you know you know what wants to happen there what wants to happen there so all the time there's all these little bits of intrigue going on um and mark ryland's the the, the the cutter is very particular um and he's very calm and he's very slight but should we say then so and all these sort of incidents happen and he has to try and uh excuse me a minute and he has to try and sort of cover himself um so he's he's all these intrigues are going on so he's playing one off against the other yeah while yeah. trying to keep and he's worried about this girl because he sees the girl as his daughter yeah so and so we just should we just say that this turns out to be in the end, he's got a certain Yeah, no, I'm not going to say nothing about that. I'm just going to say he's 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 a, he's a skilled cutter, isn't he? Um, oh, so not, he's he's not a tailor. He's just a skilled cutter. So, um, yeah, that, that 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 was my that was my oh, Sean, you've intrigued me, but now it sounds like you're about to give me a spoiler, and I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Okay. <laughs> so, but yeah, just just to say, you know, why is it? Why is someone like this working in a place like this and, and his backstory he tells his backstory which is quite a believable backstory um and he says like because he wants this there's obviously another little subplot with with he wants this girl so he gives this girl some money and and certain things happen anyway so that's that's basically the plot the, the film is really really good the film is like oh it's so so got to see this movie this is this is this is class everything He's... about this is class the acting is class um it's just yeah, it's 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 believable as well. What you know, you know, you would think, well, there's I haven't got the puffy puffy factor of like, oh, that wouldn't happen. There's no way that would happen. That how would that work? How would that work? And you've still got the tension as well, especially with some of the things that are going on. And he's trying to explain himself. He's trying to talk himself out of all these different different situations, you know. And it's getting a little bit oh, uh, so yeah, it's a lot of intrigue. Yeah, I would say that this this this. This is really good. This is one of those little hidden gems. And I mean, I've not seen any, anything about it before. I don't know if it is, if you can get it on any streaming places. I, I'm assuming it was must have been released at some of the cinemas. I, yeah, I well, never... yeah. I mean, I, I heard about this film probably about a month ago. And, about a month ago, yeah. And all I heard were rave reviews. But it's been like, like it's almost as if people don't want you to watch it. There's been like no, no, just no, no hype, no advertising, no trailers, not nothing about this film. But yeah. it, it sounds like it has like um, it, uh, it everything I've heard it sounds like it's like you know character-driven pot boiler, where it it's is, just kind yeah. of like the tension just ratchets up and ratchets up and ratchets up and and yeah. it, it's not, uh, it was a film that I immediately went on to try and find a place to watch it. It's not on any of the streaming platforms that I've found yet. I don't think you can rent it yet, so I think it's just in cinemas. But in specific Cinema. cinemas that are probably going to be miles from where you live. Yeah, so. well, that's what I mean. I mean, I, I don't think they even showed this because I keep my eye on the, the, you know, in Bournemouth, the pool cinema, and, and it, it wasn't showing there. So, which is most unusual because normally they show everything from your Hindi to the Polish film to every film you could possibly think of. But, but this was just a, like, wow, you know. I, I'm assuming it was the cinema where it was 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 obviously I would think would be a subsidised supported cinema because of where it is you know in this little, yeah. little town. So and there were a few people in there. So, but yeah, what a, what a what a great little movie this was. Um, I'll just add, it's not in it's not on Enrichment, which would be my one of my go tos. So right. just in terms of London, it, it's it's on in Hereford, which is an hour and a bit from where I live. Oh right. So, <laughs> <laughs> on the oh yeah, on the motorway. Oh so, right, okay. <laughs> all right, so how many stars did you give this? <clears throat> okay, this is this is it's, it's got to be between a four and a five. I'm tempted to. I mean, I really really enjoyed it, but the criteria that that we follow with with um, Sharon's criteria, I would say this is probably. Hmm, what do I do? Do I stick my neck out and go a five? I think I'm just going to have to go a four just for. Oh. It, yeah. uh, but it's it's a really close call with the five, but. You know, it's um, yeah. No, it's a good movie, and I would love you guys to see it. I would recommend it to. It's it's just everything about it is is shows sheer class. Just shows you don't need loads of money and loads yeah. of big actors to make a, a class movie. You just need a good story. Yeah, a good well-told story. All Doesn't right. Doesn't seem to be on anywhere with Odin. No, it, it's it, this film is like nowhere. It's it's difficult to it's really really difficult to watch this film. So Sean, well done. <laughs> well done, like a sniffer dog. 
It's like, oh, good film. There it is. <laughs> All right, cool. And now we get on to a final thing, which is going to be on Netflix and Friends. And this is on Apple TV Plus. So and this is Schmigadoon. <laughs> so, so uh, I think it was two weeks ago, Sharon, you weren't with us. And I spoke about this. And I said, because I found out that if you have a Barclay card, Barclay card are giving you five months free of Apple TV Plus. So because of that, my wife has a Barclay card. I do have a Barclay card. Get on it. On their website, they have the whole thing where they say, redeem your five months free of Apple TV+. Plus. Really? And yeah. Yeah. And saying. What's that? She needs to do it. Yeah, yeah. You need, I, I, uh, I should do it. I should and do and it. There, there's been a whole bunch of things that have been released. But I, I've been on Apple TV+, Plus, so I haven't been able to actually watch it. I and once I saw this, like, um, my wife, Claudia, was like, Oh, uh, does you want Apple TV Plus? I was like, yes. Why? It was like Barclay Card. I give me five months free. I'll take it. Good, do it now. And so I'm trying to, I'm trying to find the time to burn my way through as much as I can of Apple TV Plus before the five months are over. And Schmigadoon was one of the first things I went for. Now, Sharon, we've sent you the trailer for Schmigadoon. Did you get a chance to watch it? Yes, I did watch it. Okay. Do you understand why we are so? Sharon, you need to watch this. Yeah, I yes, I can see why. <laughs> it, looks, okay. it looks completely nuts, which is a, is not a bad thing. <laughs> it, uh, so the, so Dude is a it's a show that starts off starts off in modern day New York, modern day New York, and you have uh, two doctors who meet each other. They have it's it's that's a very romantic comedy like it's like a meet cute. They meet up by a vending machine and then you go through like, you know, the first couple of years of the relationship. Then they go on a hike because the relationship has hit some rocks. And it's supposed to be like a, one of these wellness retreats before a relationship. And as they're hiking, they get lost as they're hiking. They tr then they see a bridge and they go, oh, let's just go over the bridge and see what happens. They go over the bridge and it's, it's raining and everything. They go into this cloud and once they go into the other side of the bridge, all of a sudden, it's sunny. It's sunny, it's wonderful, and for those of us who are fans of, like, 1950s musical, it looks like a 1950s musical. It looks Ooh. like, you know, the backdrop has been hand-drawn and everything like that. And so they walk into this place and they're like, okay, cool, let's go. And they walk into the town, and as they walk into the town, they go, ooh, can you hear that music? And there's, like, there's music being piped for everywhere, and all the townsfolk come out and perform this ma this this um number called Schmigadoon, telling you about Schmigadoon and why it's the town and how they live there and who all the different characters in this town are and hi Pete who always gets like like maimed or killed or something. Oh, Pete. And, Pete does yeah, not do well. Pete, Pete does not do well. And and then you real and they realize that shortly afterwards that they are stuck in a musical and then there's a musical Brigadoon and this is and this show is. A loving tribute. It is. You can see that pretty much everybody involved in this um, loves musicals, and they have some really good musical ped pedigree. You have Alan Cumminage. You've got Ariana DeBose, who's just won an Oscar for West Side Story. She's in it. You have um, Kristen Chenoweth. She's in it, and and you have Jane Krakowski. Jane Krakowski. She shows that she's in it. And the the cast is awesome the cast is, is the kind of people that you just go yes they are in it i will watch it and it becomes this loving send-up of 1950s musicals and attitudes in 1950s musicals things like you know Sh sharon we always talk about seven brides for seven brothers and how yeah. that that just won't fly <laughs> it just will not fly today and and the, and so there are attitudes in there which you know come up against like a modern sensibility but and it, it it manages this amazing trick of being a brilliant musical of that style while at the same time sending up musicals of that style and i think it is i i, I mean uh, i mean i heard some of the songs before i watched it and when i actually watched it i was like love this now, absolutely have love this I have never seen Brigadoon, and I only know of it. I've, I've, I, I, I know, references. I know the, I know the title, Brigadoon. Yeah, I, I only a, know it from references. From I, 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 I have a general idea of what it's about, but I've never seen Brigadoon. Brigadoon. So, Brigadoon is it's about this American Gene Kelly. He's walking through the mist of the Highlands in Scotland one day, and he comes across this village that is trapped in time. And basically, the every for every night that falls, the the village moves on a hundred years or something like that. So in a week, they've gone from like the 16th century to the 20th century. Yeah. And, and that you can't leave the village. And if you can leave the village, then you know that it's going to move on and you'll never see it again. Yeah. Because it only ever appears one night. You can only get into it one night where the outside world can come in 
because the vicar of the village prayed that they would be protected from all time and this and he he they basically it, it, his prayer was answered that in order to protect everyone in the village they would be the village would move forward in time every night of the year so it was a stupid prayer basically <laughs> yeah stupid and i think hang on a minute he would be like a thousand years ahead in like a, in 10 days so how it makes no sense mathematically i thought 1950s musical people yeah. it's not about that yeah, sorry, it's about yeah. the songs disbelief, disbelief this spending. this is an excuse for gene kelly to strap his stuff his quite and, considerable stuff and it's all about people who like scottish you know, wee folk twiddling yeah. around so there's a lot of that Scottish it was a good children. female lead, I think. Was there a good? Well, I mean, I assume they were. Yes, I'm thinking. Well, it's not Sid Cerise, but it's someone of that ilk again. Fifties. Mm. Let's do a lot of dancing, high kicking, wearing a kilt, basically. Yeah. All right. So, so, so as as you can tell from the title, they have taken some inspiration from that because once they get into Schmigadoon, the conceit of this is that you cannot leave Schmigadoon until you have found your true love, and so they try and leave Schmigadoon, and then. They can't leave Shmigodun and they go, hang on, does that mean that you're not my true love? And then the whole thing becomes about them going back into the town and trying to sort out their relationship, but then going to try and find their true love. And there is one song, if I had to pick out one song for me, there's a song called Cross That Bridge, which, <laughs> which, which I thought was just hilarious because the guy who, the guy who's played by Keegan-Michael Key in this relationship hates musicals, while the woman who's played by Cecily Tyson, no, not Tyson, Cecily Strong, um uh she loves musicals and she absolutely like she's like oh my god we're in a musical and she's like loving that she's trying to predict everything that's going to happen and it's like oh you're the character that's going to blah 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 and you're the char and there's characters in it that are obviously obviously inspired by famous characters from musicals there's a character that's that is obviously the baroness from sound of music there's a number that is that the second they show you the backdrop you're like they're gonna do a sound of music song, and you know which song song of sound of music. And it's but it's but what the humor comes from transposing the song from sound of music with what they're actually singing about, <laughs> and and it, it's uh, so I I really really enjoyed this. I'm happy for this to be a one season, never come back yes. because I think that they nailed it. I think the songs are brilliant. I think the characterization. I think everything about this is pretty much pitch perfect for a fan of a musical if you're not that much of a fan of a musical i'm i don't know but i don't care about you but <laughs> so, but yeah. so sh holly i'll stop talking you say something i thought it was an absolute delight i'm i i'm who doesn't love a musical only weird people don't love a musical <laughs> and it was the cast was superb I and mean, i obviously i part of it i just always have um Thingy. It's not very helpful when I start to say thingy uh, <laughs> stuck in my head. Um, now we're just going to have to bypass what I have stuck in my head. Um, the entire thing, though, I thought was a delight. The cast was fantastic. The singing was great. Mm -hmm. It was so wonderfully ridiculous. I mean, just <laughs> off your head, foolish, left, right, and centre. There's bits in it where, where, like, I think if you've, if you've watched a lot of musicals, they they make a comment in the show and you're like, I've always thought that about musicals as well. Yes, why did they do yes. that? Yes. Why? Why exactly? It makes no sense. You people are weird and stupid and foolish and just yeah. stop and think about it and don't do it again. So 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 I mean, I'm really biased, but I think I'm going to have to go with a five for this. I think I'm going to go four. <laughs> um, just because I thought it was wonderful, but I am not quite as much of a musical junkie as you are. I'm trying to think what I could pull it up on and I can't really find anything I would pull it up on. Mm. Um, but it's not the thing I've loved the most ever, ever, ever. And yeah, I'm no. seeing it in the same headspace as some of the other series I've watched recently. Yeah, um, I mean, I, it's not the thing I've loved the most either, but I did have just a joy. stupid grin on my face almost fr from the first episode there was there, there was something in every episode that made me have a stupid grin on my face and i was just kind of like this is <laughs> this is brilliant this is oh yeah i i've done some hardcore recommending i was like what have you watched this why have you not watched it what are you thinking of why 
Yeah, watch Megadoon. Watch Megadoon you now. Have, you have access to this. Watch it. Watch it now. I want your thoughts. So okay, so Sharon, what I would uh, what I would say is go check, to look into the Barclay Card website. <laughs> go check the Barclay Card website. If you need help, I can show you. I can send you the link to the actual thing where you can. Oh redeem yeah, because I normally use my Barclays app, so you don't. I don't go in the website, so I will go and find the website. Yeah, and get yourself Apple TV. And if <laughs> if if nothing else, watch Schmigadoon and then leave it. Yeah, and we're expecting an update via WhatsApp at the very least. <laughs> but I, I feel, you know, a brief um, commentary from you next week would be appropriate. Okay. So, All right, cool. My and challenge is to accept it. Good stuff. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of our reviews. And who do you think has won today, Netflix or cinema? It's an easy Netflix one. Netflix That's did two not weeks drop. Now, isn't it? I think two weeks. That's Netflix did not drop below a four. No. Yes. Well, Schmigadoon Never... made it. Oh, yeah, Schmigadoon. Yeah. is. Cinema needs to buck its ideas up a little yeah. bit. It really does. Well, tomorrow I am seeing Jurassic yeah. World. So... And I'm, the ones I'm looking forward to is Elvis. I know Baz Luhrmann oh, yeah. isn't everybody's cup of tea, but I, I, that, I, I definitely want to see that one. I've yeah. got a few coming up on my on my list, definitely. The only thing <laughs> I can think, think of at the moment, though, is Jurassic World, and I'm going to have to watch one and two all i will say is that i uh i am a bit worried about jurassic world mm, I, yes I, I know i know yeah, I after been. after the last one after the last after um, fallen kingdom i'm a bit worried about jurassic world i'm gonna i'm gonna stay hopeful and i'm gonna stay positive because i you love do the cast that. and who doesn't love dinosaurs <laughs> you do that you do that and you you do not let my do not let my pessimism interfere and with... let's hope it doesn't reignite my nightmares at 12 or 13 when I thought there were velociraptors in the house and there was Tyrannosaurus Rex outside because those were not fun dreams. Okay, so we're almost out of time. So just before we go, it's all that's left to say is a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye, goodbye from, from me. me. Yeah, and a goodbye yeah. from me. Thank you very much for joining us. <laughs>